Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Run With Allie Live. It is Tuesday, June 28th, and it's so nice here in New York. Denise, are you in Arizona or Chicago right now? I'm in Chicago, and it's 78 degrees and beautiful. No wow, humidity. that is, oh, that's beautiful. It's like what it is here. It's perfect running weather, speaking yeah. of running. Yeah, um, but before we dive into this episode, everyone, who for those of you returning, thank you for returning to Run With Allie Live. If you have not yet subscribed to the show, please do so now. (laughs) And for those of you that are new, welcome. We have a great special guest with a really fun topic, marathon running, Um, and basically touching on the mental aspects of the sport. So for anyone who is aspiring to run a mile or to run and not stop to walk for the first time or just run any distance, this is a really good episode for you to, you know, tune into and join us for. So I hope you enjoy it and you subscribe to my channel after the show. And without further ado, we have the Marathon Whisperer on today, and I'm so excited to speak <laughs> with her. So Denise, welcome. Well, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for, you know, coming on here. I mean, I feel like there's really not many other, like, fun marathoners I could speak to like you because you just have such a different take on I think the sport and you embody the non-competitive aspect of what marathon running and community is all about and I love that and so I would just love for you to introduce yourself and tell us you know your background and yeah sure um so before I became the marathon whisperer I was um I ran in high school well, I've been running since the fourth grade and um, I uh, running was still was and is still my best friend. Um, it was my first therapist. I didn't know that word at the time, but uh, the adult figured that out. But I ran in high school and cross country. I was never very fast. Um, so I never thought I could do a marathon. I thought it was just for fast people, you know, people that got a scholarship to run in college or they competed at the state level in high school. And um, in 1993, my older sister, Debbie, who I would always run with, she did the marathon and the 27 year old Denise said, what the piss, if she could do it, I could do it. But the, um, 
the older, wiser Denise realized that what she did and what you've done for people in your circle and what your clients have done for people in their circle and my clients is my sister turned something I thought was superhuman and she made it human. So I did the marathon in 94. During it, I said I did Chicago in 1994. And during that, I said never again, uppercase bold font. But what that finish line did it's it it was that first dose of confidence I've been can, searching for. Can I, I I need to interrupt you for a second. How sure. many people have you spoken to who said that? Oh geez, don't you feel marathon? don't you feel like maybe 10% are one and doneers? And that's because a lot of them um they lost a bet in a bar and did the marathon like three weeks before or if you don't train, if you don't train enough, it's going to hurt sooner in the race. You're going to hurt longer after you're not going to enjoy it as much. So I think those are the 10% one and doneers. Oh, Denise, you know, I'm in that, I'm in the not feeling it's so great afterwards. My first marathon, I couldn't stand back up, but um, somehow found it in me to run because of what I was running for, I guess the reasons why I was running. And it's that's an interesting, you know. I feel like, yeah, the bar stuff that's really funny. You totally <laughs> can see that, yeah. Um, and maybe if you get you know injured, yeah, you could have a bad relationship with the sport, but you know, like you being inspired by your sister to run and just her making something like I love how you said superhuman to human. Uh, I think that's what running should be all about, and like yeah. that's so special and amazing that you have that, and yeah. I mean, well, I'm sure wow. you meet people that say that are like in awe because you've done a marathon. And ever since I did my first one, I'd meet someone at work or at Starbucks, whatever. And I'm like, I'm not that special. You can do it too. <laughs> and it is so methodical. It's just like taking a class. You get a syllabus, you do your homework, the race day is the final. It has to be an elective because we got to want it. And then um, the only people that fail are the ones that didn't have the courage and or discipline to show up. And by doing something you don't think you can do, I call it skited. You're like scared and excited. Um, I love it's, it. it's, it just, what it did for me is it turned the, I can't into what else can I do? And I see that with my runners and it's why, you know, this is my 28th year of marathoning from the girl that said never again. Wow. And I've been working with client, I've been coaching 12 years, and I see it over and over that, you know, if you didn't have that little, I have chills, if you didn't have that little knot in your stomach, or in your gut, like, I don't know, but I, I'm very, you know, I want to try, but I don't know, if you didn't have that, you would not transform on the other side. And I am here to help people see that it is, it truly is just as methodical. I tell people, Think of a couple things, other things that you had done in your life you didn't think you could do or someone told you you couldn't. Like nobody puts baby in the corner, not even baby, but you did it. And that discipline and drive and hunger, you just trans, it's still in you. You just dust it off. And then also um, think too of classes you were forced to take that weren't natural. You had a semester and by the end of the semester, you condition your brain. So the marathon training, it's the same thing. And I see it. I see it all the time with my runners, my first timers. And I'm sure you see it too. Every time they run their furthest distance um, for their long run, they gain more and more confidence. And then what, like four or five weeks before the race, their long run, they're like, 
oh, Coach Denise, Coach Allie, it's only 14 miles today. That is like music to my ears. But it it is um, it's life igniting, and honestly, whether it is a marathon or your first mile, or I have I have a client who he just started one mailbox at a time. Our body is so smart; our body adapts to the stress we put it under. And I would not still be running for I don't know um, I don't know how old I was in fourth grade ten years. 10 years old, I would not still be running for 40 years if it was not, if it didn't give me so much. I don't know many runners who are crabby after a run, right? We run our stress off. It gives us time to, you know, before I left corporate America, I call it decorporation. If I was struggling with something at work, I would go for a run and I just get reflection. I get direction. If I sat at my desk, it empty. I like I would get nowhere. And the, so running just is the gift that keeps on giving. You know, it's how how I've seen all seven continents. It's the people. It's brought into my world and continues to. It, it's a stress relief. I always feel better during and after. And mm-hmm. uh, it also like the physical benefits. So that's why I just want to share with everyone because it truly does. It ignites some, especially if you're if you have doubt and you go forward in that doubt, it will ignite this little empowerment engine within you that will lead you to do, you'll draw courage from that first scary start line and it'll lead you to do other things. I I bet you a hundred bucks and my favorite pizza. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I would make that bet with you, but like, I believe that too. So it might be hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely... I mean, that's why you coach. Yeah, that was so, I was just about to say, that's why I, I would have to guess your athletes love you because you believe in them and you're there to guide them to their goal that they're not so sure they might do alone, but like you have, you're in their corner and you know, they're steering the ship. You're just by their side. And that's, I think what also makes coaching super special. Like, yeah. And sometimes just, you know, when a coach and the athletes share the same passion. Wow. Yeah. And it's sometimes like this, is how my coach was and he's who I emulate. Like, I don't know if you ran cross country in high school, but the top I did, seven. I runners, actually did not. I did not yeah. run in high school. I swam. Full disclosure, anyone that's oh on the show. Yeah, no, I def, I didn't. I was a serious swimmer, like very wow. serious. Wow. So, then, um, yeah, you have Iron Man in you. I do. I have Iron Woman. I I do have Iron Man. So many people have asked me when I plan to tap into the triathlon world, like competitively, and I'm like, ah. Eh, I'm trying to get a sub three first marathon. Yeah, no, I mean, because you know, it's, but I know, I know. I, it's just a longer semester thing. and three classes and just the same thing. It's like, once you, like I did a couple Ironmans and I, I'm deathly afraid to open water. I know, you're bad When you do you things are. you're afraid of, like, that's why we're here to find out what else. It just enriches your own human experience to see what else is, possible. And the only time we fail is by not trying. That's why I hate that word DNF. It's DNF, oh, not yeah. word, but acronym. It's DNFY. What Did does not that finish mean? Yet. Maybe someone, yeah. So that does anyone new on here who's new to running DNF, uh, do not finish. It's an acronym literally. And you know, that's, who came up with it's that? a big I don't know it's a big like it's almost like the scarlet letters <laughs> instead of yeah. a scarlet letter yeah but it has such a bad connotation and um 
I, I didn't finish my first hundred and I, I called it a DNFY. I'm like, I freaking tried. And that's why also like um, the talk that you um, gratefully sat in on and that's how we met. Um, that's why I was just trying to um, instill in the people in the audience. And I inst- try to instill this in my runners that whether it's in or out of running, when we give our best, that is enough. And where else can we dig? You know, it's just, it's hard because um, I was talking to one of my runners this morning. I said, you know, we're so hard on ourselves, and it's part of, it's part of um, like caveman brain, whatever, but it, it you know, cause whoever was the strongest would survive. Whoever was um, the cutest would mate. And so we're always trying to make sure we're enough, enough. And then it gets worse as soon as we start the schooling system. And we, you know, then we have a grade that we're labeled with. And now in running, we have a, a second crossing a chip mat and we should not give our value or power to that. But that's a so whole nother talk. Say, <laughs> no, no, what comparison in different ways is the thief of joy. There's a truth to that cliche. Oh, yeah. Like, like and whether it doesn't matter, like yourself to someone, uh, a time comparing yourself to anything, but like the way that whatever makes you feel best, like you know, that's it's just unfortunate that things are like that, and it kind of takes the joy out of running. I yeah. so I, yeah, I love that you have that conversation, it's a good one. Yeah, so I really. You know? When I work with a client, you know, first, of course, it's to help them hit their goal. Second, to make sure they have some fun along the way, because this is our discretionary free time. We're not getting paid to do this. And then also people forget, like, how it was like, um, I'm kind of going back and forth, but uh, I, I did that first marathon, said never again. I did some more. And then I found a coach and he got me crazy fast. And I talked about how. What's crazy fast? What's your marathon time? I, you know going back to cross country, top seven runners matter, right? There are times you sum up the I finish place so. So, of top seven. Yeah, wow. I was miscellaneous and my friend was, et cetera. Like my coach wouldn't even know my name. And in 2014, miscellaneous and et cetera ran Boston, but my high school coach, he wouldn't know my name. So um, the coach that I found right after I did Chicago, I think it was 99, um, he got me down to a 315. Like this is a whoa. This is, you have, like I'm not even you, back of the pack. I'm still God. on the school bus. No, you're <laughs> like, definitely not. That is but then, amazing. but then it became my ex, and then the ex was never enough, and so that's why. And gratefully, I got hit by a car. Um, oh my gosh! Don't August August 16, 2009. But yeah. I survived that accident, and I broke. I shattered the windshield with my body, yeah. bounced off the hood. But if the trajectory of my life could have went a different route. And the fact that like once I was mentally and physically stable, I felt like there was a reason why I survived. And that's when I started coaching. And so that's why I don't want, I I didn't have any balance. I was putting, I was putting so much of my worth into a second crossing a chip mat. And um, it's almost like it was an old nursery rhyme or something that she stands alone and honestly, that's what I realized after all of this and some therapy in that, you know, whether no matter what grade we have, title we have, weight we're on a scale, um, time we get at Boston, time we get in a 5K, that is, 
that has nothing to do with who we are as a person. And so I really, I really like, I am just as proud of my runners when they get a PR, but Mm -hmm. I am, I am just as proud of them when they don't and they are not beating themselves up. So I really, I, you know, I help them physically, but I really work a lot up here. Yeah. Can I, uh, I want to comment on this from from like a, you know, running perspective and I could relate in a way a lot to this, but like, I love what you just said, all of it. Um, My runners, you know, regardless of the time I celebrating showing up at the start is something that's a win right there. I'm all about keeping training fun. I love that you said that it has to be enjoyable. We pay to run these races. It's freaking expensive. (laughs) It's not like high school gym class when you have to run it and you're like, no, I don't want to run, you know? I mean, it's like, yeah, might as well be enjoyable, but challenging, of course, because I feel like running, especially distance running, and for those of you who don't know this yet, it's a really amazing thing about running, but it shows you what you you could do when you put literally one foot in front of the other. And you yeah. just like, you do, and then the confidence, I feel like, comes with that, which I actually used to disagree with. But my coach is all about the physical effects, the mental. And I agree to an extent we are, we go like go bigger back and forth, but you know, I understand how like, you know, finishing a marathon could, you know, it, it, I, I quit my corporate job after I ran my first marathon. It, yeah. it, obviously you decorporated, but I did, I did. And I was just like, there was parallels to my life and, you know, it just gave me a different confidence. I want to go back to what you said about the times and the pace, Matt. Um, because, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like you're in a different phase in your coaching career and marathoning. And just to share, like, I just ran a 302 marathon and I had a talk with one of my awesome. (laughs) Well, even better. I ran a 3804 10k last weekend, which is like a 607 per mile. And, you know, my fitness is gaining momentum. Just my irons back up. This is actually like my second year being coached ever, not self-coached. And like, I'm 32. Why, you know, whatever. Like I'm just, I'm having fun with it. And that is why I'm able to see success because I used to be like a crazy person when I'd run a 5k. Like I, you know, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Races don't define you. And also, you know, um, I forced myself this year to change my marathon goal. So since you have a 315, you probably get this. It's the same thing. Um, I said, you know, obviously I'm going to progress to whatever, you know, God allows or whatever is meant for me. Um, but I, it's important to pivot your goals and appreciate running and what it gives back to you, like for your sanity, for your health, like, and just the goal really is to be a lifelong runner, right? Like everyone wants to run forever. So that's just number one now for me where it used to be, oh my gosh, let's get some three hours or die. Like, you know, yeah. well, not actually, but yeah, it's, it's hard because we have a skewed view of our performance because as marathoners, we're, we're judging our, um, we're judging how we do against 1% of the population and not the 99% again, that don't even lace up. And when you look at one second crossing a chip mat, what, what about all those days it takes to lace up, get and stay out the door? Like you're just like flushing that away or you're, I don't, I don't even know the right word, but we, it's like, there's so much that goes into, um, into the race that a couple things, um, you're at your training peak when you run a race, no matter the distance. 
And if you don't get your time, what do you do? You Taylor Swift it, you shake it off and you find another race three or four weeks out and give it another go. Um, you know, how do you feel about has a runner that you've coached ever come to you and said, trained for an entire marathon and just maybe gotten a little scared during t- like the taper period and just been like, like Denise, I don't know if I could do this. Oh, oh all the time. And they want to run more and they need more time to study for the final. So the how time. do you, as a coach, like, you know, like how do you help people, I guess, through that phase? Yeah. Like, so yeah. a lot of, a lot of things I'll do, especially in the taper, Um, because they're doing something they've never done, which I am like so proud of because how often in our life do we do something no one's telling us to do and that we've never done, right? That takes some courage. Um, And so I just remind them, I'm like, you know what, for go back and look at how many miles you have logged this season. So for instance, in my um, beginner plan is, I think it's like, 480 miles the whole season. And that's like running from here to Cleveland. And I tell them, I go, imagine the next time you're on the highway and you, you had just like people, they don't, they forget perspective. So I try and give them that. And then I also say, remember when you saw the 20 miler on your plan, which (laughs) I really, I don't like to give people the whole thing, but then I, it's like, they need to plan their vacations around it. And they're, and uh, I go, remember when that was scary and you did it. And so again, like sometimes we just need, my coach believed in me and my college, my running mates and until I believed it. And that's what I, that is, he is who I emulate coach Greg. And so I just remind him, you've done harder things and look at how much you've done. And you don't need to do 26.2 miles because, you know, you have the three weeks, you're going to every long run you've run on cumulative tired legs. And now you have three weeks that you're going to have rested legs, the energy of the crowd and your, your why is stronger than any, than the training. I know people that again, lost a bet three weeks before a marathon and they did it because if somebody puts baby in the corner, you will do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. And quick question for you. What happened that stopped you chasing a faster time than a 315? Oh, has so, anyone asked you that? Um, so that I mean, I'm three sure th- people have asked you, but you know, I would love to hear. Yeah. So, um, you know, actually my coach, so I broke my back in 2009 and then I think it was summer 2010. I just started running again. And then I just ran because I, it brought me back to what the fourth grade girl found in running. That's what that accident did. And then um, 2011, I started coaching. And then I think it was about 2016. I just had this realization where I feel like a hypocrite because I'm having all my runners, like they have a goal. I see them push when they push past when they want to quit. And so I said, I, um, I do a weekly newsletter with uh, my runners and also the group runs on Saturdays. And I put out an APB. I said exactly what I said to you. I said, okay, you guys, I feel like a hypocrite. You know, I'm always running and taking pictures of you guys. And, and I just have fun at the races and I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to a time goal. And I committed to a 340 because that's what I needed when I first started marathoning in 1994. Um, 
And I started training that season. And um, I did last chance Boston qualifier here in Chicago. It's in the suburbs. And I think I did a 343, which I hadn't run that fast since before my marathon. And then a week later, I did a 343 again. And I, the difference is, even now, I, you know, I just did all my repeats yesterday. I do them every week because I have run nine Bostons in a row. I didn't know there were years I qualified and I didn't go because it's such an expensive weekend. And now I kick myself. So I didn't know that if you run 10 in a row, number 11, you just have to qualify. It's like the old days. You don't have to worry if you have enough seconds or minutes. So I just did nine in a row in April. I didn't know that, by the way. So I need to get my 10th. I have two marathons, August one and July one, August, and I'm training and I'm pushing myself. But the difference is if I don't get it, I know I, I know I did my best. Like even last night, my splits weren't where they were last week. And I'm like, I'm huffing and puffing. Like that, that is the difference. I go by effort and I, I'm not giving my power and value to that, you know, but yeah, it was, a, it was working with that. my clients. And then I'm like, man, all I do is run around and take pictures. That's, and I expect them to push. So 25% of my races, I race and the rest I run. I didn't have balance before, but I do try and instill balance in my runners. I love that. Yeah. I think everyone needs balance, you know, and the reason why I asked you that is because of a recent conversation I had with one of my athletes who, you know, we was more asking about my running and it's very, it's very cool to be learning as an athlete alongside my runners that I coach, yeah. but also like it helps with coaching as well. Cause like you're going through similar things. Yeah, Everyone's working hard. My heart's different than someone else's heart, you know? Um, and I'm like, Holy crap. Like what is what happens when you work hard? Like, you know, when you train, you you're wowed at things. But, um, yeah. I had a client ask me if I was upset, uh, that I ran a 302. And I said, no, actually, I was crying with tears of joy on the mile 23. Because I said to myself, I freaking ran, I don't know, 22 miles at I think it was 640 pace. I don't care what I do from here on out, because that's not going to define me. And of course, I'm going to give it my best. But I said these things to myself on the hill on mile 23. And then, you know, I, it was all downhill and I negative split. And I was just beaming of like, yeah. I like yes I freaking crushed that after COVID like it's just like I didn't even care about the time at first I was just like this feels so good and like just you know what I mean like crossing yeah. the line, finish line and like every race has a purpose and you know every runner does too and I just think that you know yeah I mean it's great to chase time goals it's also great to chase goals of like finishing like feeling good you know yeah because the one thing I never paid attention to is um that spectator sign, there will come a day when we cannot run and today is not that day. And so that's why, um, you know, no matter the time, it's a gift. Um, yeah, I, and uh, what was I gonna say? Um, how I said the difference now when I race is there's less stress on me too. I would be so anxious. And if you think about it, when you're, you know, you're creating this what if, and you know, I work so hard, I got to get this time. And this is before you get to the start line. This is like the, the weeks leading up every workout and you are creating cortisol. 
And so you have the power in your mind to decide what station is on in your head. You can say, what if, oh, what if I don't get this? Oh my God, I don't think I could do it. Oh, I need to try. Or you can say, I can and I will. And so you decide. And that is in like, so that's why I'm so much lighter when I go into race a race, because I know even, oh my God, if I could tell you about my one client, um, I can't say her name. She's super private, but um, she uh, read my book and reached out to me and had done a couple races and didn't think she was a runner. And fast forward, she just did a race. She did a race in April and then she just did one last weekend. And she told me her mindset um, last weekend was, you know, she said, I did everything I could. I'm going to have fun. And, and she got a PR and I, it's almost like when you work with one of your, your first time marathoners and you tell them, you make sure you have your cheer squad in the ladder miles, because that's when you're going to need it most. And you light up like ET on the inside and they don't get it until they experience themselves. And so that's why I tell my runners, um, it's like, if you go in, cause it, I only had to do it once. I ran a race. I didn't get, this was way back when I, this was, I think, I don't know what year it was Boston, but it was my fastest Boston. But that season, that winter season, I knew I didn't get all my training and I missed some workouts. And I said, okay, I'm just going to have fun. Or I, I didn't say fun. Cause I didn't know that word, but I said, I'm just going to run it. And I'm not going to put, so the night before I normally have spaghetti and, um, red sauce and two glasses of wine. That's it. Oh no. Denise had pizza and beer and lots. And my friend, she's like, Denise, we got to go. I said one more beer. And I ran my fastest Boston because again, it's that, that stress you are, you are um, spinning yourself backwards instead of I can, I will let's do this and going forward. So again, like you decide what channel you have on. Yeah. If you just run with your heart and like, not like, you know, just you run with like an open mind and just like welcome the hurt and just stay relaxed. Like it's so much different. Yeah. Like you're right. You can't explain it until they do it once. And so it's like my runner, she graduated and I was so, I I was crying. I was just like, Oh, success. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Honestly. Yes. That's how I, I coached four runners through the New York city marathon for first time runners. Yeah. Like I felt like they were my babies. They like, are. Oh my gosh. First marathon, marathon. I was just so happy yeah. for them because that feeling is like just the best. It's, yeah. It's the it, best. That's yeah. why we do this. Cause we want to give back for what has been given to us and we aren't special. Like you can do it too. And you never know, like I'll have runners say, Oh, I can never do Boston. I said, you never know. If you apply consistent speed work and start slowly increasing your weekly mileage season, you never know. And so you just got to, yeah, you got to have the training adapt to meet you where you're at in your journey Yeah, versus the other way around. Or quitting before you even try. Or that. Yeah. Or that. Yeah, like that you swam going. in high school. Did you ever think you'd do a marathon, let alone run Boston? Absolutely not. I don't even think I could spell no. Boston in high school. <laughs> no, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was at first. I literally didn't. I'm serious. My second marathon, I ran it 
and I missed Boston by 50 seconds. And my friend who was there with me, she's like, Allie, you missed Boston. I'm like, what is that? Oh my God. I didn't even know. And then like, I was like, oh, I'm getting that time. And like, of course I signed up for a third marathon and then I, yeah, I got a pretty significant PR 14 minutes and I qualified and I felt like it was weird because obviously, you know, this goes to what, what you said. That was my first time running rock and roll San Diego. I'm actually like wearing the shirt. I didn't even realize, yeah. but um, what a coincidence. Um, I was so relaxed and I went into that third marathon. Like, let's have fun. Like I'm in shape. I'm fit. I haven't been like running like with such tight structure, but like, I want this. Like I yeah. want to qualify for Boston. And I want to make it See? fun. Like, I feel good. You, that, yeah. you have the right channel Look on. Look at that. Yeah. And it's when you go through that, it's helpful. I feel like to have that experience to help with your athletes, of course, yep. academia and credentials matter, but oh yeah, that too. And when you have a bad race too, how you yep. deal with that, how you handle it, not handling it so well at points because like we all have, yeah, all of us are imperfect. So I would be yeah. so hard on myself, but then even when I got a PR, it, I would be proud and, Within like minutes, it would fleet and I chase the next one. I love that. That's a runner, you know, ambitious and, you know, loving the challenge. Gotta love the challenge, guys. Who doesn't? It makes you grow. But also, like, go back to when you first discovered running and, like, how excited you were to, like, maybe run. Like, I used to watch The Biggest Loser all the time and I would be so proud of them when they did their first mile. Cause I'm like, Oh, the journey they have ahead if they stay with running. But um, yeah, it, we, it can be taken at any second. And then we need to, we need to um, keep light of all the gifts, not just what it, I mean, obviously it's helped us both see what else was possible in us, but that's not the only thing it gives us. And that's not the only thing we want for our clients. That's so true. Or our clients, our clients that become friends. <laughs> yeah, our clients. That's so true. I have like, that was so well said that, you know, I just, I wish, you know, I, I wish everyone could experience those joys that running brings. Like, yeah. you know, besides like maybe like 5% of the population. Yeah. But maybe one day, you know, like just. Hey, one runner at a time. Yeah, one runner exactly. At a time. Yeah. Because, like, it's just an amazing thing for you, for your mind, for your body, for everyone, I think, you know? Yeah. People should just run. Yeah. If more people ran, the better world we would have. Because everyone would be running their stress off. And then... Yeah, we're, we're a little like, biased here, obviously. But, like, in all seriousness, I also started running for stress, like, really, by the way, similar to you. Just not at the end of the day. Like, in the middle of lunch, because I just stopped caring. I was like, you know what? Like, I need a break. I can't even think. Like, yeah. I would go downstairs to Equinox, run, come back upstairs, and be like, okay, I can breathe. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like crazy. I mean, ugh. Yeah, it's a really, really great stress reliever. That's crazy. Like, so and, many people run for that. And, and the community it brings us, especially yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, once we start working for a living. And now that we're hardly going, people are hardly going into offices, we have even less social interaction. So our run clubs become our family. Like I have friends, I just saw her Saturday, Patty, I've known her 25 years and we were in the same run club. And I That's see it amazing. in my runners. They, they, um, 
they form their little families. Yeah. Wow. I wonder what the scene, I mean, I guess there's, I'll say this. I didn't realize how many running groups New York has until the Queens 10K because there's so many and it's amazing. I was like freaking out. I was like, I can't even count how many. Yeah, like, I don't know. Incredible. I don't know what, sh- I feel like Chicago's more, it's a little smaller, but they're a big one. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know which is a bigger running community, if it's Atlanta or New York, and then Chicago it's is so third. It's so big. Yeah. yeah, which is great, because it means, um, you know, I first started, I moved to the downtown Chicago in 1998, and I was running on the lakefront then, and hardly anyone had done marathons. And now it's like Saturdays, you see, you see so many people out there, you know, just like Central Park. And it's like, you're around all these people that have the same passion. And that's why, like, I, I came up with this word the other day, because I see it a lot. It's a new Denise-ism. Are you ready? Okay. Pace discrimination. (laughs) It's true. You know, there's so... I think I told you how I had a couple runners did their first marathon and they were disappointed in their time and they were all about redemption the next year. And it, it comes from the top when people say, you know, you're not a marathoner, you're not a runner if you walk. And I think we all need to take pace out of the, out of the mix. And we all share the same passion. We're all also self-driven. No one is telling any of us to do this. And And we all are, we all are um, pushing ourselves. We all push towards the point where it gets difficult. We also challenge our, why don't we unite on that instead of um, the second on a chip mat? I, I just, I go, oh my God, it's called, I'm doing a blog. It's called pace discrimination. I can't wait to read it. Wow. I just came up with that word. I couldn't find the right thing, but it just, it's just, it so disappoints me and. Yeah, no, you know, yes, you know, for many reasons, the marathon, I think, like, of course, it's a good, I think it's a good tool to keep you on track, but it could also destroy where you are mentally, like, just it could throw you off. It's like one thing that like, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about, you know, going based off effort and feeling out the pace. Yeah, with a lot of practice that just comes, but also you might feel like crap one day and just know you're going slower, but like find a way to still enjoy it because like, yeah, that's what your body's doing and feeling and you're still putting your best foot forward. Like you said, one mile at a time, one race at a time, like all of the little things add up. And that's why I feel like I almost feel like the end of a marathon is like your like gateway to marathon running, if that makes sense. Like that's yeah. part of the journey. It's the well, part. I feel like the last 20 to 25% of any long run of any race, no matter the distance, that's when it starts up here. And that's when we are at a, a fork in the road where, you know, one part of our brain is saying, this sucks. I want to quit. And the other says, mm-hmm. I, nobody puts baby in the corner, not even baby. And I mean, you don't normally get that and you're, you don't consciously get that any other way in your everyday life. I don't think, but um, these elitists that are out there, I wish they would, instead of, um, you know, kicking people down, I wish they would, um, you know, help someone in their circle who hasn't found running yet, get into running and share what they've been given instead of, you know, judge people by their time. I just, yeah, it just, it really irks me. (laughs) 
I don't know why people take the energy to do that, by the way. I think that's a great point. Wow. Like, why, yeah. why do that? Like, yeah. like someone loves running, like you love it too. Like, you know, find your, find the similarities there. Don't pick on your differences. Like, I totally get that. I mean, it's, it's so sad. Too. It's so sad yeah. because I'm sure you have runners too that like they did 5k and they don't think they're a runner. That's how my one client, she didn't think she was a runner. And I'm not, a mar- um, I've even had, yeah. I'm not a marathoner. I'm not a marathoner. I had to walk. I had a, I'm not a marathoner because I finished after the official. I oh no, you are. <laughs> it's like yeah, am I a runner? I'm like oh, you better believe you are. Like because it's sad. It's so disheartening. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's yeah. We I think this is like a larger issue too. I feel like you know just more of us need to like accept effort over paces and maybe just not even have like me mile markers or like the pace markers, I guess, and marathons. How great would that be? Imagine. Yeah, that's called ultra running. <laughs> they don't have mile oh markers. God. That's that is another podcast. So wait, how's your training going? Good. Yeah. Good. I'm excited. Good. I have a hundred yeah. the end of July and then a hundred right after New York. I always do a hundred wow. right after the New York marathon. That's my warm up. And then um, another one over That's New Year's. warm up. I love it. Oh my Isn't gosh. that crazy? Wait, cannot wait to have you in town for the New York City Marathon and lead the donut run with you, but in New York. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. I sent you the um, deets on where I have had it the last year. And then the New York half, we did it too. Yeah. So to the listeners on here, Denise is a donut run. She holds <laughs> for the Chicago Marathon, which I'm going to join with my runners this year. But also she's bringing that to New York City. Yes. It's going to be the Friday before the New York City Marathon. I'm joining her. It's going to be really fun by Columbus Circle. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to do it with you and also watch all you guys run the New York City Marathon. Yeah. Including you, Denise. Yeah. I got to get yeah. you a mega. Do you have a megaphone yet? I, I actually do, but it's broken. Oh, I'll have to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Those are crazy. Um, so... You know, I love this. I could talk running with you forever. Thank you so much. Um, I do want to conclude with one final question. Why did you say yes to being on Run With Ally Live? Because I love your energy. It's just like mine. <laughs> and oh, the fact gosh, that you, the fact that, like I was telling um, my runner this morning how um, she's like, what are you doing the rest of the day? I'm like, oh, I get to be on Allie's podcast. And um um, you decor, you had the courage so early in your career to do, to follow your heart. And I like, I am just so proud when you told me that you had only worked a couple years and you're like, no, I don't want it. And you're changing people's lives and you know how many people stay. I mean, I stayed in my career 26 years, I think cause I was it was my the, lucky I was number corporate six years, but like, but yeah, still definitely not 26 people I retire. Know. And they stay with something that they're miserable with instead of, I tell people like in corporate America, I'm like, do, even if it's one hour a week or one hour a month, do something that lights your heart up like ET and it will, (laughs) it will organically grow into more of your free time. But I have chills. The fact that you did it only six years into your career, that takes some gonads. You know, the New York City Marathon, because guess what? I ran it and then like I had like a three month exit strategy because I was really just looking at the clock and like I was good at my job, too. I just I felt like I wasn't doing anything meaningful and I it was bothered. I it yeah. just bothered me. I wanted to, like, you know, like do something I cared about. 
if that makes yeah. sense. No, like, that's no why one cares about like, you know, Mar- Marriott was my client. No offense to Marriott. Yeah. But, like, putting up ads. It's like, that's not going to save anyone's day. Well, that's why helping our clients do get to a scary start line, it will grow into other parts of their life. And I think, yes. you know, this is a whole nother conversation, but we need to have kids that go away to school or even are in high school. What fulfills you focus on that? Cause we found what fills us up, but I never Absolutely. thought of what was fulfilling. I thought of what was successful and this is this, I you am successful. That is a whole other podcast we got to do, but that is a really good topic right there. It right? is. It is. Yeah. Oh my God. We yes. got to run a, we got to run a hundred or a 50 together. Cause we will talk the whole time. Oh we won't even know, know how many miles. So <laughs> let's schedule a date for later. Well, <laughs> After you hit your sub three. I got to train first. Oh my gosh. Ooh, well, that's like a hundred miles or a hundred K. A hundred miles. But we could start with a 50 K oh 50 miler. So the difference is so wow. Okay, I've coached a few ultras and I've done them on my free time, but not like I've stopped like and like you know eating like a sandwich. Like yeah. I'm so serious. I was doing. I, I was eat grilled cheese. Stress relief. Oh yeah, yeah but not like I've never done an official race, but never say never. Yeah. So you did a do-it-yourself ultra. Even that says even a lot more about you. That's that's the way I trained actually for the marathon subconsciously because I just enjoyed running outside and like be, not being in the office and like you know like I felt free. Yeah, it was like therapeutic for me, honestly. Well, the further the distance, the slower we get to go, right? And then in ultras, especially I mean, I mind it. in a hundred miler, I, I walk. I do a run walk, and then when I can't run, I walk. But yeah, we'll talk about that because we could we could talk for hours. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, we could. We could. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been a pleasure um having you on the show. And to everyone who is listening on here, Denise's information is gonna be in the show notes and on my Run with Ali Live podcast Instagram. And yeah, you could reach out to her. But please be mindful of her time. And yes, Denise, thank you so much for joining today. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure having you, of course. And I will see you guys same time next week. On Run With Ali Live. Thanks so much for joining. Bye. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Ali community so you can connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Ali Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email, and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Ali Live. See you next time.